Okay, so you have a small business that you need to market, but you're not a marketer. So now what? Where do you start and what are you even supposed to do? Well, meet Engie. Engie is marketing software that simplifies marketing for small business owners. You can plan, organize, and get your marketing out the door and in front of your next customers fast. The best news? Engie is turning one on May 8th, so you can make marketing way more manageable for yourself for only $19 a month for your first year with the code BDAY. But don't wait. This offer ends on May 31st. episode of Pretty Okay Podcast for this clusterfuck of a year. (laughs) I'm your host, Samantha Welker. And I am Taylor Holman. And today we're kind of freeballing. You know, it's the end of the year. We're going to take a few weeks off after this episode, um, regroup before 2021 hits. And so we kind of just wanted to use today's episode to kind of recap, talk about what a shitstorm it's been but also the good stuff, because good stuff has happened. <laughs> good things have happened. It hasn't all been a complete disaster. But yeah. free freeforming this last episode makes total sense, because I feel like we've all been freeforming this year. Yeah. Um, do you not like my phrase, freeballing? Or- well, freeballing, yeah. We can say freeballing. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. So, I mean... We're going to we're kind of just going to talk our shit out today. We don't really have any rhyme or reason behind today's episode, which you know, I'm good with. We're good at just talking at each other. Totally. And if this ends up sounding like a therapy session, I mean, that's great. We just saved ourselves a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh, I miss my therapist so much. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. If 2021's going to bring me anything, it's going to be more therapy probably. I feel like that's probably one business that's really crushing it this year. I mean, I don't know how it wouldn't be crushing it. I feel like I've told more people this year that they need to start going to therapy than I ever have in the past. Yeah. And so, I mean, I hope that Dr. Corey is crushing it. I mean, if she's not, I don't know. That would be weird. Yeah. I mean, those like, uh, what is it called? Better help and like, talk space and all those things, those virtual therapies, I bet they're booming. And for good reason, you know, that's great. I know that because like I'm on an anti-anxiety med and when was it like a couple months ago, they basically were like, we don't have enough anymore because now everyone's on it. And he's like, so I can give you like 15 days and then we'll go from there. Like, that's fine. You know, (laughs) Apparently, everybody needs it in 2020. Holy shit. I know. (laughs) That's crazy. I'm really very glad that I had spent so many years working with Dr. Corey in a way that, like, I didn't know was going to prepare me for all of this, but it absolutely did. So, yeah, I mean, it's still been a really rough year. Yeah. I'm just, I feel very fortunate about the fact that I have those emotional tools in my toolbox 
and that they've helped me stay as sane as possible. Even though I'm sure my husband would tell you that like, he thinks I've become very short with him some days. (laughs) I'm like, Hey man, not every day is going to be fucking rainbows and unicorns. Like I'm allowed to have a bad day. Yeah. Well, and you're, I mean, Brett didn't always work from home, did he? Or he did? He has always like part-time worked from home, but this whole full-time, both of us being, you know, in the same space and with each other so much. Yeah. On the newer side. Thankfully, it's not like some of my friends where they're going, you know, they're going from both of them having worked outside of the home to both of them working inside the home. It hasn't been that crazy of a transition, but yeah, I mean, he's, we're around, I mean, like everyone, we're around each other to an unhealthy, obnoxious degree. Yes. You're not (laughs) meant to spend 24 seven with your partner. You're just not. (laughs) Actually, funny thing. He was supposed to go on a really epic surf trip this year that just got rescheduled and pushed back and finally canceled. And I think it might happen in the fall of 2021. Nice. And so that'll be his big first trip. And I, you know, I told him, I was like, my first big trip is going to be, I'm flying to New York to see one of my friends who, you know, is going to have a baby. And he got all offended that I was like saying I was going to go by myself. (laughs) And I looked at him and I said, I literally will have just spent like 18 months alone with you. Yeah. I'm allowed to go somewhere by myself. Yeah. A hot minute. Oh my God. I know. I told Steven last night because we were we were watching um Mindhunter. That's what we're watching right oh, now. That's such a good show. Yeah. And he, you know, they travel a lot in that show. And I was just like, oh, I miss going on business trips and staying in hotels without you. <laughs> He's like, no, I know, I get it. <laughs> and now, you know, Steven, they just Newsom did another shutdown. So Steven is now home um, and he can't work from home. So he's just in my space yeah. <laughs> 24-7. <laughs> he like had music on yesterday while I'm working and turned the heater on and it was like 70 fucking degrees outside and because he can't. He like can't do heat or cold weather. And I was just like, oh my God, you're messing with my flow. You are – this is my sanctuary. <laughs> And you're screwing with it. So, but you know, as far as 2020 goes, that's been kind of the worst of it for us is just a little bit of uncomfortable being outside of my, my typical comfort zone. And, you know, I know you're the same way because I'm very like routine oriented and I'm very, I don't like change and I don't like people messing with my, my day to day. And this year has only been that. So it's, yeah. It's definitely been a test on my capacities as a wife <laughs> and a and a worker and you know all kinds of things. Yeah. Um I've we talked about this in the last episode about um patience and flexibility, adaptability. Those are things that I absolutely have worked on this or had to not necessarily worked on, but like really had to dig deep to not freak out over. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I have stress-related alopecia. Okay. And so I've had, you know, over the course of 
a few years where I was very stressed out due to a particular human that I no longer have to work with. Um, <laughs> like I would just, I would get these like pretty massive bald spots, sometimes like an inch and a half to two inches in diameter of just like fucking nothing on my scalp. Wow. I'm shocked that I haven't lost hair this year. <laughs> shocked. Well, you know, it's not by choice that we're working on our flexibility and adaptability no. and patience. Like it's not like I we made conscious efforts to work on these skills. We were we were forced to. Totally forced to. So it I think the fact that I haven't lost any hair is proof that when you work on them, that it does it is worth the emotional effort and energy that you have to put into it because sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes it'll keep the hairs in your head. That's good. I'm glad that, you know, you're not completely, I don't want to say losing it because I don't mean your hair. Yeah. I just mean like mentally. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Taylor, like the version of myself that I was a few years ago would have lost her shit this year. So, mm. you know, I think that's one of the things that I can kind of, give myself a little bit of credit for yeah. this year is that's why I'm that's like, great. Brett, if I have a, if I have a not great day, like it's cool. Cause yeah. in the grand scheme of things, shit. I saw today on my time hop app, which I love because <laughs> it reminds me of all my things that today is the five year anniversary of my exodus from the corporate world. Never going back. <laughs> Never going back. Trying to think when my exodus was. Mine was the August of 2014. Okay. And then I didn't start officially my, or I didn't officially become self-employed until 2015. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. That's a big, I mean, I kind of celebrate it or recognize it every year because it's. Yeah. I mean, it was a happy memory when it popped up. I was like, all right. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I miss certain things like health insurance that I don't have to pay for and, you know, kind of the that cushiness of having a corporate gig, but the benefits outside of it are just so much greater for me. Yeah. Steven actually sent me um the other day, he sent me a I think it was on Indeed, a job posting for the VP of marketing for the Padres. Oh, <laughs> like this looks just like what you do. You should do this. And I was like, that's the opposite of where I want to be. I'm like, I don't want to go hang out with a bunch of rich white straight men excited about baseball. <laughs> no. And baseball definitely would be the last sport I think I would pick to want to work in. Oh, I just my least yeah. favorite. I I mean, we we're definitely a baseball family, and Stephen is obsessed with baseball. He has a Tony Gwynn tattoo, and like, oh wow, the day Tony Gwynn died, his mom called him to tell him, and he's just like sobbing on the phone. And I'm like, what, what, what happened? He's like, Tony Gwynn died. I'm like, oh, felt like a real person died. Like not to be like heartless, like but I was like, yes, somebody that we know. I thought. <laughs> So he takes it very, very seriously. Um, well, then that job is more for him than it is for you because he probably assumes you get like free season tickets or something. A thousand percent. And that's why he sent it to me. And I'm like, no, thank you. No, gracias. <laughs> My, another friend of mine asked me the other day, oh, so when are you like, when are you working until before you take time off for the holidays? And I was like, what? Time what? off? 
I mean, I'll take Christmas Eve and Christmas Day off, but other than that, it's full steam ahead. I don't get to, I don't have yeah. any paid time off. If I'm not paying or if I'm not working, then that's not, that's just not good. Yeah, I know. My mom asked me the same thing. She's like, I hope you're going to take those two weeks off. And I was like, why? <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> Where am I going to go? <laughs> I know. Taking two weeks off when you're self employed. I've done that once. Mm-hmm. It was a couple of years ago. We went to Italy and I actually left my laptop Whoa. at home, which was like so anxiety inducing. I bet. But that, that, there's only been two weeks like as a solid chunk that I have taken off once since being self-employed because like there's just always way too much to do. And the way that stuff backs up and piles up, yeah, that's stressful for me. Yeah, I mean, I I took my laptop to my honeymoon and to the hospital when I had Rocky. Um, I don't know. I think the longest maybe I've ever taken off is like two days when Steven forced me to leave my laptop. But it's just so hard because I'm one of those people where it's not enjoyable for me to not have access to that stuff. You know, like it causes me more stress than it does relaxation. And I think that's a very type A personality trait. And like my, you know, my husband does not understand that. Taylor, my glitter guide Taylor does not understand that. I'm just like, guys, it's, I I can't help it. It's ingrained in my personality. And I, I didn't even take like maternity leave really. Cause when they're little, they just sleep the whole time. Anyways, what am I going to do? I'm going to (laughs) work. Yeah. I think that you're in a similar position. Like you're the person that everyone goes to, to fix things. Yes. So when you're the fixer, it's, that's a whole nother level of stress to leave the piece of equipment that you need in order to fix things behind. Yes, very much so. That is a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. Deep sigh. Eventually some time off, however long or short that is, there'll be some time off with some sort of trip Mm. and hotel room on the other side. Someday. We're supposed to go to Hawaii in January, but obviously not doing that. So hopefully 2021, maybe later in the year, we'll bring that trip. Because my mom, my mom's turning 60 this year. And so we're supposed to go to Hawaii for her. But we'll postpone it, you know. We'll we'll get there. 2021's gonna be I don't know. I'm not a new year person, like new year, new me. I'm very much like a, okay, Q1. (laughs) We're just starting over basically. It's more of like a, it's a clean slate in regards to numbers and, you know, tracking things and da da da, but it's not like 2020 gets erased. Like everything we did this year still is influential on our 2021 outcome, you know? And I think that it's, I almost think it's counterproductive to get in the mindset of, okay, new year, here's what's going to happen. It's like, you don't get to start over. You just, you get to, you know, maybe refresh a little bit and kind of <laughs> use a yeah. new spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally a new spreadsheet, like a blank sheet of KPIs. But yeah, I mean, it, I agree. It's not starting over, 
And a lot of people, I mean, this isn't even like being blunt, but a lot of people are not starting over. They're digging out of something. There's a lot of ground that a lot of people are going to need to make up. Mm -hmm. And if you approach the new year as a clean slate, quote unquote, then I think you're setting yourself up for a massive headache and misstep in terms of where you want to go. For sure. And I mean, 2021 is definitely going to be the hardest year for a lot of business owners in regards to finding their footing because we basically just had a year off 90% of businesses, not off, but without progress, I guess. How am I trying to say this? Because it's not true. I mean, we didn't make progress. I'm saying like stagnation. And yeah, I mean, this, this year was basically for most of us about treading water and keeping, yeah. you know, like how you said on that, on our previous episode, like maybe the best thing you did for your business this year was keep it afloat. And yeah. I think that, you know, 2021, we've, we've got these big hopes and dreams that things are going to get better. There's going to be a vaccine and suddenly business is going to boom again. And I also want people to be realistic that it's not going to be some magical overnight fix just because there's suddenly, you know, an end in sight for, for COVID. I'm a total realist and my husband is a complete rosy, rosy (laughs) pair of glasses optimist, like to the point that it makes me want to vomit sometimes. Cause I'm like, dude, can you stop giving people the benefit of the doubt? That's a fucked up human. So the other day he was, we were driving somewhere to go like, you know, saunder in the mountains. And he was talking about how he had read an article that he, he couldn't remember remember where he read it. So, you know, here I am spouting off like a, you know, oh, they said. But he was talking about how, you know, in this article, they were saying that in 2021, that some economists are speculating that there's going, you know, I guess kind of like a floodgate type, just like exponential growth very quickly because of the pent up buying power that mm-hmm. people have and the demand for wanting to go on vacation, wanting wanting to eat out at restaurants, all those things that we, you know, shouldn't have been or were unable to do this year. And I was like, yeah, maybe, but really when 50 plus Americans, 50 plus million Americans are food insecure and don't know where their next meal is coming from right now. And then you, so you take that and then you also match it with the fact that like, you know, the, the stock market as is at some unrealistic high. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see there being just this like point in time where everything is okay. Like there's still, tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people in this country who are really fucking struggling mm-hmm. to varying degrees. And when you struggle for so long, I don't see people all of a sudden being like, yeah, I'm going to go spend all my fucking money now. Right. I think right. there's going to be some starvation mode happening or just like hesitancy to go out and spend money that they don't really need to all the time. It just, you know, it's going to be almost like the Great Depression a little bit, you know, even after like the worst of it is over, people are still kind of keeping that income close to the vest. And, and like you said, they're 
they're a little scared to go out there and spend it. And I think the same is true for business owners, especially people who've had to lay people off, you know, and cut back on whatever it is that they've been doing. You can't, it's going to be hard to just jump back in a hundred percent full force. And so I'm optimistic that there's going to be an uptick, you know, but I also think that it's going to be more of a year of stabilizing, I think. And it's going to be really important for business owners to to work on that, to figure out what they can do to kind of get themselves back on track. Because like we said, this year has just been about don't sink, just do what you got to do to keep your head above water. And then 2021 will be more about, okay, working on some goals, working on, you know, getting my footing a little bit more and things like that. My business partners at Source and I have a team call on the calendar next week to chat through 2021 goals and strategies and budgets and all that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it'll be, I'm, I mean, I know what I have in my head that's actually already on paper also, <laughs> of course. But, you know, that's how I roll. But <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to see how, you know, the, like what their temperature is on a lot of things, because it's it's so interesting to me, like as a very liberal person, this year I have been financially very conservative. Sure. Like with Sourced, we've saved almost everything. We have spent only on what is absolutely necessary. And aside from me buying a ridiculous amount of treats for my baker friends and flowers for my florist friends this year, <laughs> I really haven't spent money on much. So, and I don't have these types of conversations with them on a regular basis. So it'll be interesting to see just like where their head is at in terms of, okay, well, we have, we have this saved. Do we want to just continue to sit on it? Do we want to invest it? How do we want to utilize it or, you know, possibly make it grow? So I think that's one of the important questions for people to ask themselves both personally and professionally. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting because I've been the same way. Like I've, there just hasn't been the need to spend money on things, you know, like, especially for people who used to go into an office and now they just work from home. Like you don't need to go buy things like new clothes and makeup and all the stuff that we might've spent kind of frivolously on before doesn't make sense now. I mean, I bought a lot of books and puzzles this year, but that's not really that different from any other year. <laughs> and I, I'm so curious to kind of see how that looks in 2021 and beyond, because I'm, I know for me, it made me look at my spending habits this year and see like, oh, you know, I probably did a lot more shopping in this area than I needed to before. Like I've, I've survived just fine without buying, you know, new clothes here and this, that, or getting my hair done X amount of times a year and whatever. And it, it's made me think more about like, okay, well, if I am going to buy something, I'm going to buy it from, and I did this before, you know, always buying from small businesses, but even like the little things like groceries, <laughs> like let's go to the farmer's market or let's go, you know, let's do something that's going to have more of an impact because if we are going to spend our money, we should spend it somewhere that matters like bakers and florists. <laughs> bakers and florists. I mean, yeah, this year has really made me realize how many 
of my friends and acquaintances are small business owners in different sectors. Yeah. But yeah, I really have, I don't, I mean, other than buying some, you know, things on Amazon, like everyone else, I don't think I've really purchased anything from a business other than a small business this year. Yeah. Like I've been very intentional about that, partly because of the fact that I have heard how hard it is for someone with, especially someone with overhead, right? Mm -hmm. Like I've heard most landlords are not decreasing rent or, you know, still charging it when tenants can't even access the buildings, which is beyond fucked up. And it makes me want to scream. Steven is one of those. Yeah. So when you hear stories like that, which I think it's important for people to talk about that more. I don't think that business owners are really saying those things publicly. Maybe it's because they're embarrassed that, you know, to admit that it's hard and they're struggling. But I don't think that anyone should be embarrassed to say that like, hey, it's really hard for me to pay rent or I'm having to dip into my personal savings in order to keep my business afloat. Because that is how you rally your community to mm-hmm. you know, really vote with their dollars, right? And make them go as far as they can and keep their money in the community. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, like, I won't say, I won't say who, but I had a friend who, you know, she had to lay a lot of people off at kind of the beginning of all this. And she said that like one of the worst moments for her as a business owner was having to cancel her employees' health insurance, you know, but she had, she had to, she was not able to make any money to pay. Not, she wasn't even paying herself before this. She was just paying for her employees and her overhead and all of that, that that entails. And, you know, it's, it's hard to lose that stuff as an employee, but it's equally hard to have to take it away as a business owner, you know, cause that's a, when you're a small business owner, you care. And that's something that's important to you to be able to provide for your employees. They're like your little family. And then to be the one that's the source of taking it away is heartbreaking. Yeah. That would make me more than sick to my stomach. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, they, no one had a choice this year. There was not really anything you can do about it. And I feel so bad for all the restaurants and stuff that are closing and you know, I mean, obviously Steven's business, like the hairstylists and the barbers and nail salons and all of those things, like it's so hard <laughs> to keep like your your motivation, I guess, when you don't know what the next day is going to look like. Um, so I think that like you and I in our industry, we've been very fortunate for what we've been able to still do during this mm-hmm. time, you know, and that's something I've been really, really grateful for this year is the the consistency, you know, and it's like, we might not have conventional <laughs> jobs, according to some people, but damn, we were able to keep working and powering through this whole time. And I think that's, I've just, gratitude has been my biggest thing this year. Being grateful for the things that we have has made so much difference, you know, because it would be very easy to dwell on okay, well, Steven, you know, we're a one income family now because Steven doesn't make money when he doesn't work. And that's, you know, that's hard on us, but we have so many other things where, okay, well, we still do have my income and that's fine. You know, we don't have 
as much extra wiggle room as maybe as we had before, but we're going to be okay. We can still pay our rent. You know, we can still pay our bills and all those things. And I think that keeping that mindset has just been a game changer for us because it would be really, really easy to fall into like a black hole (laughs) right now. (laughs) Yes. And I don't want anyone to fall into a black hole. Don't do it. That's really not way now. Yeah. I have, I've said a couple of times to friends that I'm like, maybe this was a defense mechanism, but I've pushed myself down to the very bottom uh, rung of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. (laughs) Food and shelter and clothing and anything else is right. Like I just, I don't even, I don't want it. I don't need it. Um, aside from flowers and baked goods from my friends, right? Those I, those I consider in the, <laughs> those in are the in that, in that tier. Yes, but I think that being I, I, I echo your sentiment of extreme levels of gratitude and self awareness this year. Yeah, and I think that really reevaluating what. I mean, I'm sure everyone's saying this and at this point it's it's cliche, but like reevaluating what I really need mm-hmm. is something we've done. I mean, Brett and I have always lived pretty simply, like, right? Like we don't we spend our our discretionary income usually on experiences mm-hmm. as opposed to things, minus the fact that Brett has a closet full of Patagonia flannels. Like that's all he lives in. <laughs> Dude, well, 95% of the time be in a Patagonia flannel. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just been a whole sort of personal and professional journey to see what's really necessary and what really makes me happy. There's some shit that, you know, like that fancy pair of shoes I bought from Cezanne and have worn once. And they're beautiful shoes, but they've been sitting in a box and I hope that they're not fucking moldy because my house has like really high humidity. Oh, but you'll wear them someday. And they'll give you something someday. to look forward to. Someday. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if Steven does this, but like if I mean, you can see me. I basically look like I rolled out of bed. Yeah. If same. I do anything more than this, Brett's like, oh, you dressed up. Yeah. Steven too. <laughs> He's like, where are you going? <laughs> and I'm not dressed up. This is just um, a cotton dress and my hair is up. Yeah. That's dressed up. Cool. The bar has officially been lowered. Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, Steven said to me today because, you know, he went and took Rocky to uh, school and came back and he was asking me something about the shower. And I was like, oh, I took a shower already. And he goes, why? You showered today? I'm like, yeah, you showered yesterday. (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) Like, why is it an event if I shower two days in a row? I shower every day. The shower is one of my like safe spaces. It wakes me up. Yeah. But I shower every day. I did wash my hair for the first time in a week though today. Pretty good. So. Not once a week. When you're you're in the mountains and it's dry, like your hair doesn't even get oily. It just gets all knotted up. So (laughs) I'm a total dirtbag, guys. Don't be. Remember, Taylor is not actually cool and she's a total dirtbag tomboy. (laughs) I know. I'm like, 
I'm the same way. I wash my hair like once a week and I have not really seen makeup in a very long time except like the other day when we got on this and I had to shoot those photos for that campaign for Glitter Guide. You're like, oh, your hair looks nice. You know, I'm like, yeah, I know. It's because oh, I got to take my picture. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it would look like this 24-7. Yeah. yeah. Getting dressed is only for when there's a camera. Yeah. I just – But you know what? I think too, like it's a, it's a form of self-care for some people. Cause like for me, if I don't have to wear makeup, I won't, right? Like if I, unless it's like I'm being photographed or there's something important happening, like I won't do it. My, my tailor, my glitter guide tailor, she puts on makeup every single day. Like it's like the first thing she does. And I've never seen her without it in all of the years of us working together, even during this pandemic with her two small children at home. But like, that's her thing. You know, it's her routine. She likes to put it on. She feels better when she puts it on. And I'm, I just, I love not having to deal with it. <laughs> I'm yes. like, Give me my yoga pants and my top knot, you know? Yep. I think I stopped really wearing makeup when I left the corporate world. Yeah. Because there was just no longer that kind of external pressure to look a certain way. Yes. And I'm with you. Makeup and hair are for only when it's absolutely necessary. And I have even been on camera with like no makeup before. Like the the sourced collection we did at Native Poppy very early this year. Before it was, before we were all like, oh, fuck, we shouldn't actually be in the same space as each other. Uh-huh. Um, we weren't planning on having any like people in the collection. And then we were there and we were shooting and it just felt like, oh, fuck, like we really, you know, we're in her beautiful shop. We really should have a, you know, like someone playing a florist. Uh-huh. And I was like, I guess I will throw <laughs> my dirty hair up and just make sure you like don't focus on my face because it's naked. <laughs> uh, I have social media and all that stuff. Can you imagine how much less we would care about what we looked like <laughs> if we didn't have to go on camera for things? I actually have that thought a lot about social media and it, like not to keep going back to buying shit. But I I have this like theory and I'm sure I'm not original in this theory, but there are so many businesses that like would not exist if Instagram was not a thing and like social media wasn't a thing because there are like – I think about certain coffee shops or places that people go literally just to take their pictures and post it or things that they buy just so they can take a picture of it and, you know, and it's, it's amazing to me like <laughs> – how we we base our spending habits and like our our needs around what other people are going to see. You know, it's like would I buy this if I wasn't excited to share it with x amount of people who follow me on a social media platform? Uh maybe not. Like I've really been like trying to think about that lately. I'm like do I really want to buy that outfit or is it just something that I like I want to show people that I bought it, you know? Yeah. It's like in high school when I had to have the Juicy Couture backpack. <laughs> oh my God. You had one of those? Fuck yeah, I did. I worked at Starbucks when I was in high school and I spent all my money on Juicy Couture shit and I was bitching. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's awesome! My parents would never buy me the name brand stuff. Well, they I remember buy it for, I bought it for myself. I don't think I started working until I was a junior or senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, not because, but I had limited time because I was also I was an athlete, so like I just oh. didn't have time to go to practice and then also have a job yeah. and keep my grade up. <laughs> No, but I remember, this is so weird that like, I explicitly remember when I was in elementary school and I think I had just started to understand the concept of, you know, what things were considered cool and what wasn't. And I remember every thinking that every kid has a Jansport backpack. (laughs) I have to have a Jansport backpack. And we were at Target and I wanted it. And my mom was like, no, it's too expensive. We're getting this Eastport one. I got so upset. I mean, I'm fucking 35. I don't know why I remember this from when I was no, probably I nine. remember things like that too. So it's, I for sure didn't have any you. juicy couture. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, mom, Thanks, for burning mom. that one into my brain. A fucking childhood <laughs> trauma. I was actually talking to my parents about that the other day because they were talking about or we were looking at like the Target catalog or whatever for, with all the Christmas gifts. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm still bitter. I never got my Barbie dream house. And my mom's like, no, we got it for you. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, I won't ask for it like four years in a row and I never got it. And I'm still upset about it. And she's just like looking at me like, okay, <laughs> like you are 33. Get over it. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, I guess those were important lessons in some way, shape, or form. (laughs) They've stuck with us for so long. I don't, I don't really understand the meaning or purpose behind it, but eventually, someday, I'll unpack that one. Yeah, I think it's just my privilege showing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, our privilege is showing for sure. I want the Jansport backpack. Everyone had the navy. Do you remember? Everyone like taking the, uh, I can't remember what type of marker. It might have even been like a whiteout pen, and like uh-huh. when it was cool to draw all, like all over your shoes yep. and your backpack. Yep. Always, yep. yep. I do. And were you, were you into the skater shoes trend? Do you remember that? Yes, I do too. Um, I I like still vividly remember my making my dad take me to like. It's like a store that doesn't exist anymore, like DSC shoes or something like that. So I could get like these very specific skater shoes. I was not a skater, nor was like, you know, I involved in that culture, but I wanted that brand of goddamn shoes. (laughs) Yep. Yep. DC shoes or Converse. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Guys, I I actually thought about the other day. I was like, I am like very close to 40, which is crazy. I mean, I guess five years, but that just seems wild because I still feel like an immature teenager. I know, me too. So talking about the shoes that I wore in the early 90s, <laughs> real crazy. And so probably a lot of people listening to this, like we're, we're babies. <laughs> I know. We were, wearing, we were drawing on our backpacks and wearing skater shoes. I know. Hey, they're fond memories, though. <laughs> totally fond memories. Totally fond memories. 
And I'm honestly kind of stoked because Juicy Couture is apparently making a comeback. Hey. <laughs> I think like they filed for bankruptcy and like now like they're back like 10 years later. And I'm like, should I start this again? I should probably start this again. <laughs> Do it. But I won't because it's not a small business. True. No corporate couture. <laughs> no corporate couture. No corporate couture. Yeah. Yeah. Small businesses all the way, guys. Yeah. Keep building yours. We'll keep giving you money. Yeah. Make sure we know about you. I seriously, yeah. like, I, I, I love just buying random, even if it's not something that I need, I will buy random shit from small businesses and send it to friends that I think will think it's rad. Like goals workbooks. Like goals workbook. <laughs> 100%. Your goals workbook is the shit. Thanks. It, it is the shit. I, you know, I was proud of myself for finally sitting down and putting it all into one spot because it's like this culmination of years of consulting. And then also when I worked in the corporate world, you know, like working with um, executives and the CEOs and stuff and like doing these huge days of just mapping out everything and you know, I think after doing that for 10 years, I'm I'm pretty good at, at getting it concise and in a way that works for everybody. Um, so I'm excited about this goals workbook, the smooth ass transition right there yeah. um, that Taylor bought for three of her friends. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> yes. No, they're all really excited about it. And I'm the people that snagged it I know are going to like, they're going to sit down and be very intentional about it. So I'm, I'm very excited for them and getting to, you know, support you as you launch a cool new thing. I mean, that's like, that's the best for me. Yeah. I hope that, you know, it's definitely not a workbook for people who are just gonna, gonna half-ass their goals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's, it's a very Samantha workbook. It's, planning and tracking and data and, you know, like making that shit happen. And my biggest thing with goals is that the number one mistake that business owners make is not having a plan, you know, is like setting a goal, speaking it into existence, you know, maybe writing it down, maybe kind of following up loosely in the first quarter and then poof, it's gone. Right. Like that's like 98% of people I feel like, but with I, I'm somebody who works best in digestible chunks and breaking things down because that's also a big problem is when people set a goal and then it just feels so daunting because it's lofty and it's like, oh shit, well, it's March. I'm never going to achieve it now. And then they just forget about it for the rest of the year. So with this workbook, like my my goal <laughs> is to <laughs> help you break it down into quarters and into smaller tasks and smaller tasks to where you're you're making progress towards these goals every single day until you get there. And so I hope people find it helpful um, and pretty. <laughs> it's super pretty. It's super pretty. And it's guys, I got to I got to proofread it. So like I've seen all of the things. Um, it's incredibly pretty. It's very well designed and it's very easy to read and understand. Like it's not written in a way that's scary. Like you mm-hmm. feel very comforted throughout it. Like 
okay, this is the next step. And then you do this and it's not intimidating, even though there are quite a few exercises that you need to, to go through. Yeah. But read, I know we've, you've talked about your rocks, pebbles and sand analogy on the podcast before. And it was so cool to actually like read it in detail. Uh I was like, Oh, this is, this makes so much fucking sense. (laughs) I, I will forever stick with that theory. It's just one that like, it works at all levels. Like I've worked on that with like the CEO of Stone Brewery, right? And then I've worked on that level with people who are just starting their business today. And it's so scalable and it it really is what I found the best way to keep things on track, keep things manageable, <laughs> not overwhelming, and to make sure that you know your goals are not only something that you want to accomplish, but something that are realistic and something that are actually tangible, which is important. Totally. But thank you for proofreading it. I appreciate your, your, your brain. (laughs) Yes. Well, I was proofreading it and then Brett, you know, the joys of working at home with your spouse. Yes. It was like, it was before I was going to start making dinner and I'm sitting at the, the table and proofing it. And I have my headphones in with some yoga music so that I can just like kind of zone in on it. Yeah. And Brett, he seriously comes up and he stands right next to me and he just starts talking. And I'm like, dude, bro, can't you see him? Like, I'm clearly very focused on something at the moment. <laughs> You're just going to start spouting off on some uh, random fucking shit. I love you, Brett. I, I mean, he never listens to these things, but no. holy shit. That was, that was one of those. I probably made a very mean face toward him when I looked his way. <laughs> Okay, but do you have over-the-ear headphones or buds? I just have little buds. I get I can't even wear headbands. Like wearing something over mm. my head gives me a like a pressure headache. So see, I have two different sets of headphones and like they're my my signals for how much you can bug me. Cause mm. so like if I have the buds in, it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I can take one out and talk to you. But if I have the over-the-ear ones on, leave me the fuck alone, Steven. God. And, you know, he still doesn't get it half the time, but it's fine. This doesn't need to be a podcast of me complaining about my husband being in my space while I work. <laughs> we, should make, we should make some stickers that you can put on that yeah. say, like, don't, no talkie. No talkie. <laughs> I honestly could have a giant sign pinned to my back and it still wouldn't work. It would not work. I told you how I used to do that, right? At the in the office. No. no. Um, in my the last office that I worked in with all the web developers and stuff, I just yeah. these, I like went to Michaels and bought like giant hot pink poster boards and like glitter glued them like as what's the word adolescent as I could oh. think of. <laughs> it was like the signs I used to make for cheer camp and shit. Yes, <laughs> and it just said leave me the fuck alone. And like, if you wanted to be left alone, you had to tape one of those up on your door in, for your office. And people knew they could not open the door unless the building was on fire. And I'm like, I could do that now here. And Steven would still be like, is this color more teal or turquoise? <laughs> huh, do you see that meme I sent you about blah, blah, blah? I'm like, please. My head's yeah. going to explode. It's going to do yeah. it. <laughs> I hope that everyone else has these same experiences. I know. Otherwise, we just sound like shrews. But 
<laughs> whatever. It's fine. Let people bitch about whatever they want to bitch about is the yeah. thing. This year has been a wild ass ride in terms of business and partners. <laughs> yep. yep. I think I'm, I, well, I don't think I know I'm going to have some untraining to do mm. for Brett, right? Like mm-hmm. that I've probably put lunch in front of him more than one too many times sure. that I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to be an asshole for a little bit to like get him to be a little bit more independent himself. Make him fend for himself. Yeah. Steven, I told him, I was like, you can edit my podcast for me um, since you don't have anything else to do and you like garage band, but I probably won't have him edit this one now. <laughs> no, this is definitely not the one to start with. Definitely not the one. Next one. Next episode. You can yes. start in January. <laughs> Well, I know. I always want I always want Brett to listen to these because you know, he and I we have good deep conversations about some things, but I also don't think that he is exposed enough to what I do professionally yeah. or like what I know. Whereas I mean, I can hear him. Hopefully you guys can't hear him, but I can hear half of his conversation that he's having. So I listen to, you know, stuff about artificial intelligence and machine learning engineering all goddamn day. Yep. But yeah, episodes like this, I don't think he needs to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I, I say things to Steven sometimes, like especially when we were working on opening the new shop and, you know, he's never owned his own business before. So he's like my ideal client, honestly. But I'm not just like shelling out information. I'm just like, go, go listen to the podcast. Like go, <laughs> like go learn. <laughs> yeah. We have a whole series how to start a business without losing your goddamn mind. Hello. <laughs> well, should we put a bow on 2020? Let's put a bow on it, but don't tie it so tight that we uh can't get back. Well, I don't want back in, but I'm not going to deny anything that happened this year. No. Oh, no. I don't want to run away from it. Yeah. I think this was a year for learning. And, you know, if anything, I think this year was a testament to the resiliency of business owners everywhere. And there was a lot of beautiful community things that happened, you know, like a lot of support. And um, I think a lot of that is something that hopefully carries over into the next year, even if there isn't a pandemic going on. Like, I think that there was there was a lot of good that came out of this clusterfuck horrible year. Um, and even if the clusterfuck was bigger than the good stuff, you know, we can still focus on the little little wins and bring mm-hmm. those into to 2021. <laughs> yes, yes. Grab onto those little wins and use those as your motivation to keep pushing, right? Because yeah. I mean, I think a lot, a lot about being a successful business and business owner is just about your ability to push through. Yeah. Yes. And that's even on years when there isn't a global pandemic, (laughs) but especially this year. Yes. A thousand percent. I don't think your business can succeed if you can't do that. I think Correct. that unless you're willing to to push through whatever life throws at you, you know, it's it's definitely what makes some businesses succeed and others flop. So, 
yep. if you're listening to this, I have full confidence that you are one of those people who pushes through um, and is, you know, I mean, you're listening to a business podcast in the middle of a pandemic when you're probably stuck at home. Like, hey, you're already winning in my book. You're already crushing it and taking major steps. <laughs> yes. Because you're not listening to an unnamed influencers podcast instead oh, of ours. You're listening to this one. Please don't listen to those stupid podcasts. <laughs> if I have one wish for 2021, it's that influencers stop making money off of people by claiming to know things about business. I mean, that's not my only wish, but that's a big one. I really That's definitely one of them. Oy. Um, but we're going to take a break until 2021. We'll be back in the second week of January, right? I think so. Yes, because we're going to record that first week. Yes. Um, yes. So we'll be back the second week, you know, with all kinds of fresh topics and ideas and ready to go for the new year. It'll be good. And, you know, if you miss us during these next few weeks, there's lots of old stuff to go listen to. Catch up, re-listen to things, you know, download the goals workbook. Get your goals going. All kinds of stuff. Do you have any uh, Tays planned? Uh, I'm taking a break from Tays this month. Cool. And then I will pick those back up. But those have been super fun because they're pretty unscripted minus, you know, a few questions to seed the conversation. But yeah. I've been getting lots of good feedback about them that people enjoy good. tuning in. So good. I'm not sure... I have a few like kind of bigger name. Well, they're bigger names to me, mm. but I have a few people where I'm like, ooh, I really want to get her on this. But I want to talk about, you know, female leadership next year. I want to talk about scaling something. I want to talk about, I always want to talk about mixing business and politics. So <laughs> those are all the topics that are on the docket for new episodes of Hey Tay. Awesome. Can't wait. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap for us for 2020. Thank you guys for listening and being here this year. Um, You know, we took a little break in the middle and Taylor joined on this year too. It's weird that like you've only been doing this with me for like, what, six months or something? Like, I feel like we've been a team forever and I love it. And I'm very grateful for you. (laughs) Right back at you. I know it is crazy that it hasn't really been that long considering we did have to take that pandemic break because we didn't know what the fuck was going on. (laughs) But it's really hard to record a podcast with a three-year-old at home. He's four now, but he was three at the time. And that's probably worse. That's rough. That's rough. (laughs) That's rough. But yeah, I mean, I, you know how much. I think you're rad. I actually sent something because I'm crazy. I I have another project that Brett and I are going to start working on. And I put your name on the list that of like people that I need to talk to. And I was Ooh. putting I was putting like what they do next to it. Uh-huh. And I put Samantha parentheses, really smart person I know. <laughs> Oh, you're funny. And now I'm really excited because I want to hear what it is. Yeah. Yes. Can't we'll blow a little that one later, but you'll get you'll get first access to knowing what what I've got on my sleeve. Bitchin'. 
Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. I hope you guys have a great holiday, whatever you're celebrating, a nice, safe New Year's at home. And we will see you back in 2021. Okay. Bye. Later. Later.